Hello, everybody. Hello, 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 and welcome to another fantastic episode of Game Over, the premiere video game show hosted by two brothers and third guy, only live from Simon's basement, Adam Basement, Matt's second floor. I'm your father, the son of the goalie host, Simon Pazzo, joined in solidarity by my faithful squad mates, Adam Pazzo and Matthew Menny. How are we doing, lads? Uh, we're doing okay. A little anxious. School starts tomorrow, so, uh, I hear that. I hear that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, we're doing pretty good. Uh, also anxious, because I uh, applied the other day to go back to school, so I'm trying to sort out all that stuff. It's good, but it's just like looking at forms, and I'm like, this seems a lot less complicated the last time I applied for university. Yeah. Probably just that, you know, I was doing it at the time when everyone else was, so half of it was just kind of taken care of for me. Yeah. But uh, but we're good. We're good. I still got to pay tuition for this term. It's That's a big chunk of change. Yep. I realized after uh, after saying faithful squadmates for all this time, finally I'm going to stop being ashamed of it with the Mass Effect news that we talked about last week, right? Like, we can we can be hopeful about Mass Effect? Don't take this away from me. Don't take this away from me. Let me have it. Let me have the hope. Uh, um, no comment. Yeah. Once again, hopefully. I have cautious hopes, but there is hope there. I would love to say that even a bad Mass Effect would still be Mass Effect, you know, it's like pizza, you know, even cold pizza <laughs> is still pizza or something like that. Yeah. But we know from Andromeda that even a, a soulless Mass Effect just feels empty and too depressing to finish. So it really, the bar is very high. Yeah. Just get the right things right. Mm -hmm. If you get the wrong things wrong, that's fine. If the combat isn't great, whatever. Get it's, the writing of the characters right. Great. <laughs> yeah, It'll we've had Mass Effect with, like, subpar combat. We're okay with it. World building, character building, story, mostly character. Mostly character. Good dialogue. You're good. Get yeah, Hire Aaron my, my, my brother, My brother just finished off today um, a, a playthrough of Dragon Age Origins. And was just, like, raving about it the whole time. So, like, you don't need good combat <laughs> to have a time. Yeah. Have a good time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if true. there was ever evidence of that, yeah, that's that's the one. Yeah. It's preferable, but not required. Not at all. So, uh, last week we talked about the games that we're kind of excited for and the games that were revealed at the Game Awards. This week we're going to talk about what the fuck we've been doing for the past month because we've recorded like we've recorded like five episodes in four months, which yeah. is uh, not a lot. So we're going to try and I, I said this the last like four or five episodes. We're going to try and get into a more regular schedule we'll see even if it just comes down to recording two episodes in a week and spacing them out or something like that we'll see what we have to do but uh we've all i think with the amount of free time that we've had over the holidays these nice restricted holidays i feel like i've played more games in a more concentrated period of time than in the past year certainly so we're going to talk about the games that we've been playing uh, i'm assuming i know adam's been playing a bunch i assume matt's been playing a bunch i've been playing a bunch Maybe we'll just go like one by one on a game that we've started off playing, and I will, because it's A, the most recent, but also I want to hear about it first, I'm going to throw the ball to Matt, because I know you started God of War, and mm -hmm. I want to hear about it. <laughs> so yeah, I finally got around to God of War. I have two copies of God of War at my house, because I have my own, which I bought quite a while ago. Oh, you finally found um, it. Yes, I did find it. I, I, it turns out when I moved, I left it at my parents' place. Um, so now I have mine and yours that you lent to me out of desperation for me to play the game. <laughs> um, uh, and you know what? Just because I felt like I owed it to you, I used your disc. Attaboy. <laughs> Attaboy. <laughs> um, 
so yeah it i uh i, I was super excited to start it like i i let my girlfriend know i'm like i'm i'm playing this game i'm like so excited for it. Like, yeah no okay sure it's like no, no no you don't get it like i'm this is gonna be awesome it's like one of the best games of the last oh like, my god you know, we, half a dozen years or so we've hyped like, it up too much we've hyped it up too much yes. what have we done i was <laughs> well so i gotta say so far it, it's living up to it i, I have very very few issues with the game it's been fantastic i haven't played all that much because i only started it up like yesterday afternoon um uh so i've pretty much just gotten through the prologue and then maybe half an hour or so um past that um so it's still definitely only first impressions but i'm loving it so far did you get to the first the, boss uh, fight uh oh the the big uh troll thing no with the who not that one taxi with that's like the, like the tutorial boss fight yeah okay yeah no like i've just oh sorry um You'll, against you'd know uh hipster viking god yep, yeah that one go okay good yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> um yes that was a sweet fight uh i without getting too spoiler is that the sort of how uh, boss fights tend to go there's one of the few complaints people had is that there's not a ton of boss fights like period so uh the few that so are savor there are that one <laughs> yeah yeah well it was it was pretty sweet i re specifically remember i got quite close to dying a couple of times and i really wanted to not die not because i just wanted to like you know how you normally don't want to die in a game but i'm like i don't really want to like break the immersion of this with like respawning at a checkpoint yeah you know halfway through mm -hmm. the fight i'm j i was so into it it was so cool i'm just like i really hope that i can just sort of go through this incontinuity and not have to like restart and kind of break that immersion halfway through i ended up having to do that but um yeah sweet fight um and the combat in general speaking of, of good combat i'm really liking i wasn't sure how how they would kind of um move the uh, god of war from what it used to be like hack and slashy stuff adventure. yeah yeah um, but I think they did a really good job of it. I didn't play a ton of the previous God of Wars, but I really liked the the the, the new combat. Just it feels very impactful, and I feel like you have there's just enough um, options in terms of like your weapons and using Atreus for distractions and stuff like that. Um, that it 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 like just kind of gets there's enough stuff where it's you have a lot of like meaningful options for things to do, but. You don't have so many that you... You know how you always end up with that like one ability that never gets used just because there's so many things? Um, I mean, I'm not that far into it. Who knows? It might get there. But for me, so far, combat's been great. Um, the the story so far is really, really interesting. Um, the the whole opening scene with, you know, getting getting wood going down the the river in the canoe to, like, basically build the, the pyre was, was like it was powerful um i'm really loving it, pretty much everything about it so far really my only nitpick that i have is the movement feels slightly video gamey uh and just and how you like strafe and move backwards and stuff like that like it just it feels uh like you're way too under control like an actual person wouldn't really be able to move like that um which happens all the time in games and it's almost uh it's almost um, 
a positive note for the game that like everything else feels so grounded and impactful that when there's one thing that sort of feels like you're playing a video game i'm like oh that's kind of taking me out of it where in you know lesser games i might not notice it at all um but yeah i'm, I'm really really having a good time with it so far it's a gorgeous game it's very it is pretty. yeah it's one of the best looking games maybe ever made i do agree that the mm -hmm. The movement almost feels a little bit like first-person shootery, but it's because they want you to be able to aim that axe at all times, I feel. Yeah, and yeah. it's really interesting hearing you. First of all, when you're, if you're just imagining me listening to you talk, just imagine that visible happiness meme with Ewan <laughs> McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> That's me the entire time. Um, but it's interesting that you're not going through what Adam and I went through, which is that I think that we both had a real hard time with like the combat and the controls coming into it because we were expecting the original. Like I can distinctly remember talking about it uh, two years ago, or I guess almost three years ago now when we first started playing it. And we were saying like, it's good, but I don't love it. And I think we both had to go through a period of unlearning the original style of combat. And then once we got to that point, we both really fell for it. Obviously me more than Adam, because I would take this over the previous ones. Um, but it's it's very interesting that you, as someone who didn't have as much experience with it, are having an easier time just melding with it. Yeah, I, I only played, like, I played all the way through the first God of War. Um, didn't play two or three. Um, and, the, and the first one, even that was, like, ten years ago, probably close to, eight or nine years ago. Um, so, yeah, there really isn't any kind of, like, residual... Um, muscle memory uh, like yeah muscle memory kind of you know control mind meld um uh going on i did i did i didn't really find the controls that difficult at all they they use the circle button a lot for i would have <laughs> uh, maybe it's it's weird to have the circle button as your main interacting thing um but uh, beyond that no I, I haven't found the controls um difficult to to grasp at all and you're enjoying i just got to ask about it specifically before we move on to the because uh, i do also want to talk about that boss fight again uh, the Leviathan axe, though. How yeah, it feels sweet. I mean, the weight of it when you throw it and just kind of, like, have you had that moment where you just kind of, like, stand on a cliff and just throw it and let it come back just to feel it? Mm-hmm. No, I, I love the, the throwing mechanics of it. It just, it, it's such a satisfying feel. Like, I mean, you can, you know, throw this thing a, a mile, but it still feels like it has weight to it. Like, you don't get the sense that Kratos is, like, throwing a paper airplane and it's, like, nothing for him because he's super strong. You get the sense that he's super strong because look at, like, the effort and the the weight that this thing has and the effort that it takes for him to throw it. Um, it's, it's, man, it's really well done. Um, I, I don't really know the mechanics behind it to make it, to make it feel how it does, but it, I really, really like the especially throwing it i've definitely done a whole bunch of fights where all i do is i just stand in the corner and repeatedly yeah. throw the axe and call it back to myself i think it was on the i mean once you finish the game feel free to watch the documentary on youtube called raising kratos but i think two things they did was when you hit something with the axe when it's in your hands uh a it has like a rumble on the controller which really helps but i think also like there's a stutter in the frames like in that it just kind of for a split, 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 split second, I think, I believe it freezes, like, on it. So you just kind of feel the weight of the smash more more so than it would be if it was smoothly, like, going through something. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure they do stuff like that. But I'm, they also, they do go into that in the, uh, in the, the documentary. Yeah, so I think you've kind of got to it at the very beginning. First of all, that, that first fight, I think, might be the best, like, super-powered fight 
in a video game that I had ever played up to that point, certainly, right? All of yeah. a sudden, it's like, oh, my God. But I think... Uh, well, the, sorry, go ahead. So, sorry, I was, I was just going to say, it, I think it finds the balance really well between... Like, it doesn't feel like Superman and Zod punching each other as they fly around in the air. Like, it, it feels impactful. Like, it feels like these guys should be getting hurt. Um, it rides the line between, like, you feel the damage that they're doing, but also how much they can endure like it feels like they're getting hurt but at the same time you're amazed at how little it's doing to them if that makes sense it rides that line really well i found i agree they uh, like it's, it's the classic thing i know adam and i have uh, talked about it but you want to feel like you have a character who again uh, we know about it because we did that uh, the crazy gauntlet thing right kratos is basically superman he was one of the most high rated characters that we had but they they ride the line very well with making you feel his godlike power. So I know it's a video game, but he still has to struggle opening chests and stuff like that. But the first couple times, I think Adam and I both have the same reaction. Certainly the first time that he's getting his ass beat by Viking guy, and uh, and then he heals, you know, he like kind of sucks the blood back into himself. And then I think Adam and I were like, oh, fuck yes. Like, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, yeah. yeah. yeah he should that. not be dying to these kind of things. And if he's letting it, it's because he's kind of in whatever state that he's in. Uh, yeah. but like when he wants to, to really flex because he doesn't do it all the time because he still struggles with the mooks, the times that he does have to like lift up a mountain and throw it at somebody feel that much more satisfying. I think the balance yeah. is so good. Oh yeah. And the first moment, I, gr- a great, oh shit moment when I, I don't actually know his name yet. I don't know if you find that out at some point in the story, I assume so, but like hipster Viking dude, um, when you're fighting him, the first moment that he does that, where he's sort of just like tenses up and all the blood comes back in and you see his health bar go back to full that was a big oh shit moment because it was already like a pretty cool fight and they did that and it's like oh this guy is another level like i'm actually in some trouble here yeah <laughs> and i loved i really liked the way the fight was kind of sectioned where um you know you'd be fighting you had health bars it was doing the normal game thing and you know one of you would get kind of low and it wouldn't necessarily cut to a cinematic but like it was clearly you know uh, it would take you out of the kind of current arena, like you might, you know, toss you uh, like through the house yeah. or something like that, or, or through a, a boulder, and it sort of then you kind of went into a separate, um, like a separate mini fight. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, being it the first time I was doing it, I didn't know that that's what was happening. <laughs> like I just our our health bars were getting low, and it set and it suddenly just sort of like had a break in the fight, and I'm like. Did one of us lose? Did I win? No, I'm losing. I'm getting beat up. Oh, crap. Did I lose? And then the fight keeps going. It's like, okay, no, no, I'm still in this. All right, let's go. And, like, every time it did that, um, I wasn't sure whether I had won or lost. And it just made this, like, really cool, um, uh, just sort of, like, excited feeling every time I would get to one of those breaks. You know, like, where if, especially if I was on the verge of losing, you know, I thought, oh, like, this is the ending cinematic. I've lost. And then, you know, you'd, it would, it would bring you back into it. And it's like, okay, no, get a, like, gear up again for the next stage of this fight. It was really, really well done. I love that fight. Yeah. It kind of, this is going to be like, it's, it retroactively reminded me of something that I think my, one of my favorite video essay YouTubers, Captain Midnight, said about the boys of all things. Uh, and I guess minor, the minorest of spoilers for the boys in case anyone out there hasn't seen it, but Homelander is a bad guy. <laughs> Yeah, and that's the only thing I'm going to spoil. Uh, go figure. Like, if you watch the first episode, mm-hmm. you pick it up within like 30 seconds. Oh, this guy's fucked up. I do what um, the fuck I want. 
Yeah, but they pointed out how, like, the combat in The Boys kind of sucks. And it's because oftentimes a lot of the super-powered... Since all the supers are on the same team, they, like, the minorest of effort is enough to get them through. And hearing you talk about it made me think that it was kind of the same thing for Kratos. Like, he was used to being able to settle every fight that he'd ever been in with, like, 10% of his power. Like, even the average Draugr is not going to pose any threat to him whatsoever. And then that time when a Viking guy catches his fist, there's like an oh shit moment for both you and Kratos. And I think it like keeps going on with the fight, like you're kind of experiencing with him, which is such great design. It really is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it just kept escalating and escalating. Like there was several oh shit moments through that fight. <laughs> you know, when you realize, okay, this guy's actually a threat. And then it just, he keeps like stepping it up and you get to the point where like, I don't am I going to lose this fight? Is this how the game starts? Do we, like, start on a low point? Like, yeah. it, it really actually had me questioning that. Mm-hmm. Adam, I feel like you're you're buzzing with something, too. Well, I mean, yeah. Like, I have a lot of, like, as time has gone on, my opinion of God of War has sort of retrospectively worsened, but that fight was incredible. Like, it, mm-hmm. it was so good. And, uh, like, and just, for the record, for the listeners... We know what his name is. We're not saying it on purpose. Yeah, we're not forgetting. <laughs> uh, um, uh, but yeah, no, it's but it, it's it's a really good fight because I like all of that, and I remember, yeah, exactly that feeling is when you get beat up and then and Kratos flexes and you're like, oh, there it is. That that's what I was looking for. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought that your feeling on God of War is kind of like my feeling on The Last of Us in a better way. Don't get me wrong, but in that like. It's a very well-made game. You respect the hell out of it for everything that's ever done, and you're very happy for everyone who experienced it as you should be, but you wanted a different feeling out of it that more aligned itself with the first, the original trilogy. I, I thought that's... Yeah, and, and that was basically... Well, and and I, I also... That is mostly true, and I also have a few complaints about God of War that uh, have nothing to do with the uh, whether or not it's like the original trilogy, namely that the camera can get fucked. Yeah. I hate the, the over-the-shoulder <laughs> camera in that game so much. <laughs> I, I kind of loved it by the end of it, but we'll see. Uh, yeah, we'll see where Matt goes. But I mean, obviously, yeah, it, with it that hasn't been thing, noticeable to me yet. So it's doing its job so far. Have you noticed that there's no cuts in the camera? Uh, like no. Like it's a one-shot cuts, game. Kind of yeah, yeah, one-shot oh, game. I have noticed that so far. Yeah. Yeah. So they have. They really have to uh, to stretch it. But it, I mean, that kind of thing does help with the sense of scale of the world because when you're going on this incredibly long journey like i actually physically walked all of that there were no fast travels i had to walk that far yeah which is kind of cool mm-hmm. all right so uh, i keep i every week that we talk about it i want to i want to hear matt's uh, god of war updates because i'm very excited about it i think i replayed it last year and it, if anything in my esteem it actually went up when i replayed it in like the early quarantine so I'm interested. But Adam, uh, let's move to you next. Uh, maybe we won't take 20 minutes for every single game. Let's try not to, yeah. <laughs> God of War is a special, it's a special breed, okay? I had to bathe in the uh, residual glory of it. What have you been playing? Start. I'm Not everything at once. We'll keep doing like this little round table, but just pick what you want to talk about first. Um, well, one of the things, I'm, I'm trying to remember what I've been playing because I've been playing a lot of things. I, gu- I guess the thing I'll talk about first is that I finally tried Ghost of Tsushima. Um, yes! Yes! Nice. So I got a few let's hours. do this again. Everything we just did about God of War, <laughs> let's do it again. <laughs> uh, I, got a, I got a few hours into that. Um, and? I'm, I'm having a good time. 
Uh, and it's a, it's a very well-made game, and I like the story a lot, and, and the characters are interesting. It's, it's I don't know, it's, I'm, I'm almost feeling in this sort of the same way I did about, about The Last of Us Part Two, in that, like, this is a, an exquisitely well-crafted experience, but it, I don't know, it's not fun. Like I'm in, I'm enjoying it in the way I enjoy a, a really good book. Like I'm not having fun doing this, but it, it's it's so well done that the experience of it is is positive. If you know what I mean. Yeah. How far? Because mm-hmm. I I like had almost an exact same experience with. I mean, it's a different combat system, but because the combat system is so different, it took quite a while for me to kind of like get used to the. The stances and the parrying and the countering before yeah. I like, kind of became one with it as well. But when I did, that's when everything clicked and I appreciated the hell out of it. So I'm curious if how far you've gotten. Uh, pretty far. I have. Uh, well, I, actually, I I don't know how far I am in the story. I'm still on chapter one. I have not yet rescued my uncle, although okay. it does very much feel like that's a, a moving the goalpost sort of target. It's like, I will get to the mission where I get to rescue my uncle and, oh, your princess is in another castle. Um, don't tell me, but I feel like that's what's going to happen. I'll uh, phrase it like this. So the game obviously isn't about to end. Yeah. <laughs> there's still like, like two thirds of the island to go. <laughs> exactly. But the, it, the story did progress in a way that I found surprising and satisfying. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm obviously going to have a conflict with my uncle about the whole fact that I've forsaken the samurai ways in an attempt to rescue him. Um, I suspect that will come to a head uh, when, I, when I get him out of there. Oh, no, I did get him out of there. That's not true. I did get him out of there because we were, we were about to go do something. I don't remember what when I stopped playing. Um, but yeah, no, I think I, I, I enjoy the villain. I enjoy all the characters, actually. I'm having a good time with, with pretty much everybody. But yeah, the, the combat is... The combat is good once you get the hang of the stances. I have all the stances now. I have all four. Oh, um, wow. So you're, you're, you're quite far. I did a lot of side yeah. quests. Um, and yeah, I have all the, I have all the stances. I, I've, killed all the cap- I've killed a lot of captains. So I kind of wonder if if part of the reason that it's not hitting you quite as much as it hit me is because, I mean, you didn't play Red Dead Redemption, so like, and you didn't particularly like The Witcher, and I think that these things are all kind of connected and that they're all, like, the feeling of being, like, the lone warrior who wanders into town, solves a problem, and wanders out like nothing happened, is in all three of those things, and, like, I don't know how many old samurai or western <laughs> movies you watched, but that's like a genre that I am particularly susceptible to. So that might, it just might be that it hit me right in my sweet spot and you have a different sweet spot. Yeah, I I think that's true. I think that's not necessarily what I've, what I look for in a, in a video game is, is that feeling. And, and that's like, and I said the same thing about the last of us is like, this is exquisitely well-made and very, very pretty, but it's not any fun. Um, And Ghost of Tsushima is considerably more fun Partially because it's not quite so fucking miserable, and it's <laughs> and, it, and it's not. I mean, it's not. It's hard to get more miserable than. The and last. it's not the case that every character is a bastard. Like <laughs> one, just give me one person to like in The Last of Us, and I might. But I hated everybody. 
Um, Jesse. Jesse was the one who wasn't the bastard. Um, but then you don't see him for 95% yeah. of the game. But anyway, the, the, the point is, I think Ghost of Tsushima is a good time. I think it was well-deserving of the, the awards that it won. I now totally see why you thought uh, the guy who played Jin should win the, the voice actor thing. I think he's done a spectacular job. He's amazing, yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's... and But it's the sort of thing that, like... And I think I, pl- I played a lot of it because I was like, I really want to get sunk into this. But it's the sort of thing that, like, as soon as I started playing stu- other stuff, which I will talk about in a bit, uh, where I was having, like, I was having more of a good time, I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to go back to it because now I'm doing a thing that I, you know, actively engages me. Yeah, there's certain things about some games that you enjoy the hell of when you're playing, and as soon as you put them down, you don't feel the call to return. Yeah. I've definitely had a lot of, yeah, game experiences like mm-hmm. that. It's just like, you know what? It, like, uh, this is another, I'm going to compare it to another YouTube video, uh, which I promise won't be a theme with every game that you guys bring up. But I recently found a, a new channel that was basically like a therapist analyzes movies. And it was just kind of interesting because, I, again, I'm susceptible to video essays, so it was a new kind of interesting perspective. In one of his uh, the videos that I watched that I really loved, what he was he was talking about, Weirdly enough, Aragorn, and how Aragorn is like the perfect example of the non-toxic man. And I know Matt might get this a little oh, more yeah, than Adam. Yeah, I watched that one too. Yeah, it was a really good video, and it was basically like, he's badass, he has all the, the positive masculine traits that you kind of would associate with someone who was going to be a king and a leader, you know, he provides, he's strong, you know, all those kind of things. But also, Aragorn writes poetry. Aragorn sings and cries at his own coronation. Aragorn doesn't try to seal the spotlight from other people. And obviously, Aragorn is like a pretty much a fully complete character, certainly by the end of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. But already, he's like pretty much ready to go. <laughs> you yeah. know? He just needs a little bit of dusting off, even at the beginning of the trilogy. But I kind of, like, Jin very much felt cut from the same cloth to me, and I think that's why he appealed to me so much. Like, if you need someone who's going to cut a bunch of Mongols in half and be, like, the silent badass, he can do that. But at the same time, he's got a lot of empathy in him. You know, he does write the poetry. He does kind of just, like, talk about experiences with his grandmother in a, in a field for, yeah. like, half an hour. You know, like, he's got a bunch of really... um What's, what's what I'm looking for? Like, less shown in video games, but still positive male traits? Well, and, yeah. Things, and, and he's sort yeah, of things in, you would never see Kratos doing, basically. Yeah, well, yeah, but he, he embodies the sort of a more traditional Japanese hero, and we're used to more Western-based heroes in... Um, yeah, for sure. But it was just very refreshing. I found that hanging out with Jin was a very refreshing and enlightening experience for me. And I like that the I like that the softer stuff also engages you. It's not like like you don't sit down and then poetry is written for you. You actually have to write it yourself. And I mm-hmm. thought that was I thought that was a really nice touch. And just to but actually I I, I want to make one comment just cuz we're talking about this and I find it interesting. But that like I I commented how the thing I didn't like about the last of us was that everybody was a bastard. But I'm like there has to be more to it than that because now that you mention it, in God of War, not the more recent one, but the the original trilogy, everyone is also a bastard. There are no good characters in that trilogy, and yet it's still amazing. Yeah, you might just more might be more finely in tune with with the media that you consume or with the games you consume. Maybe you're more appealed to the anger part of the negative spectrum than the overwhelming depression and sadness <laughs> spectrum. Which if you're if you 
if you're the type of person, I don't want to call it torture porn, but like that kind of stuff where just like watching things that make you feel sad gets to you. And again, there's plenty of people like that where they just like their favorite movie of the year will be the most like an orphan who also got cancer. You know, <laughs> yeah, <I> know. Uh, <laughs> if if that type of thing is like what you love. You're going to fucking adore The Last of Us, let me tell you. If your favorite part of every Pixar movie is the first 10 minutes when the parents die, this is the game for you. Yes. Exactly. That's amazing. Yeah, so uh, we could leave The Last of Us, for the most part, I think, behind in 2020, though. It doesn't need to come forward. Okay, what have I been playing? Yes, finally. So I'm going to talk. I've been playing Valhalla. Uh, I, I think I mentioned last week that I finally remembered to download it on PS5. Uh, it's good. Almost like end of story. <laughs> okay, let's like move on. Matt, what else have you been yeah. playing? <laughs> I, I, honestly, almost we almost could start there. Like it's to me the pinnacle of like a four star game, where like nothing mm. that it does is particularly crazy, but like everything it does is on par with what it's supposed to be. The combat isn't like something I'm falling in love with, but it's good. The exploration isn't something I'm falling in love with, but it's good. Uh, you know the story is good the things that you can do like the raids are kind of fun but nothing is like nothing's ever dropping below a certain threshold of enjoyment but i also haven't hit a point in that game where i'm like oh like i have never really entered the zone you know the kind of the way that you would in a god of war or even a ghost of tsushima or you know for you guys i guess hades you know i, I never like hit that that upper level of enjoyment where i was like oh this is the shit you know like it all i kind of softly coasted through that game so far the one bright spot i think is the uh especially after dealing with alexios for 200 hours in odyssey the guy who plays avor the male avor at least in uh valhalla is really 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 good he's really good (laughs) so uh it's yeah it's 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 always nice when the person that you're stuck with for 60 hours is uh performed well yeah. It was kind of, I, I suffered through a lot of Alexios. That's why Jin was such a nice change of pace. And it's uh, very nice to go back to an Avor. So there we go. I'll keep that one in like two minutes. I could have done it in 10 <laughs> seconds. I lengthened it to two minutes. But if you like Assassin's Creed and you have an next gen console and need something to play, Valhalla is good. And there that, we go. That I'm was definitely, definitely not a I'm definitely with you on the. Yeah. I'm definitely with you on the Alexios. Not necessarily the voice actor, but just his voice was. I only played like 10 hours of that game, but like it got to me even by then, you know, <laughs> Maybe yeah. just like the Greek accent is a little bit much. I don't know. It, it, it wasn't pulled off for me. It's I a little bit much know. on him. Certainly. <laughs> like I've seen a lot of videos of Cassandra who seems to have more nuance and Alexios is kind of, cause when he gets really mad, that's when he's almost more convincing. And so I don't know if you guys got far enough in, but spoilers, whatever. Your other twin survives in uh, Odyssey and becomes a bad guy. Legasp. And so, yeah, so you get to see both characters throughout the course. That's a relatively early spoiler, but you get to see both characters throughout the course of the game. And what I've seen of the male Axios voice actor voicing the bad guy actually seemed to match his cadence a little bit more. Anyway. So they, like, told notes. him. Hey, you're going to be both a good guy and a bad guy, so you got to do the voice for both. And he's like, I have to pick one. Well, like the over the chop, the over the top, like aggressive way he says everything works for a cultist. It doesn't work for like the hero that you should be cheering for as much. Whatever. Yeah. Matt, what else have you been playing? You're next. Um, I haven't actually started playing yet, but just before I forget, I'm the. Uh, 
I'm excited to get into God of War partly because I'm just in a very, like, Viking, Norse, like, runic mood uh, oh. lately. Because the um, upcoming Magic the Gathering set, which comes out in about a week and a half, uh, is called Kaldheim. And it is a, like, Norse mythology-inspired uh, set. So in about two weeks, I'm going to be playing lots of uh, Viking cards uh, on top of uh, still keeping going with God of War. So very in that mood right now so i'm looking forward to that um what else i've been playing and playing a lot of uh is i've i've gotten into my um annual christmas time uh pokemon rabbit hole um so uh i've i bought the pokemon sword and shield dlc and i played through both of those um and much like valhalla they're good <laughs> nothing incredible yep but uh, you know, I don't. I definitely don't regret buying them. Um, the I will say, Crown Tundra I enjoyed much more than the Isle of Armor. Um, so basically, Isle of Armor, you get uh, there's this uh, new island um, that uh, that you get to explore, and it's 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 fine. Um, <laughs> you know, the the po Pokemon. <laughs> Pokemon, uh, you know, landscapes and, and areas have never been, like, the most incredible things. It's it's quite similar to the wild area in the main game. Um, I mean, both in that it it functions the same as the wild area. You know, you, you have your movable camera and um, and all that kind of stuff. But um, the, in terms of the design, it, it, it's quite similar. Um, you know, nothing, nothing spectacular, but, you know, it, didn't, it wasn't, like, noticeably bad either. Um, I gotta say, I really liked the... Your, um, I really like Cubfu. Oh, um, the new the new Pokemon or the new legendary that's introduced um, as part of the story for the Isle of Armor. Um, he's like cute and spunky and and I don't know. I I had a really good time with him. I ended up taking the the fighting water uh, type route, um, and it's really good. In terms of plot, <laughs> there's not a lot there. Um, Go figure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, here's the plot of the Isle of Armor. You arrive at a dojo, you do three trials, then you go do um, a little, like, five-person battle tower, um, and then you, f and then there's, like, a final battle uh, against the dojo leader, and that's pretty much it. Oh. Uh, there's a couple side quests. There's, there's a side quest that involves finding 151 Alolan dittos scattered throughout... Um, Good God! Uh, the whole the whole area, yeah. They're not hard to find, but when you have to find 151 of something, that's gonna take a while. It takes a while, yeah. Um, so, but um, they use that as a way when you you know every like 15 or 20 or however many um, you collect, um, you get uh, an Alolan Pokemon. So that's a way to get the Alolan Pokemon in the game. So that was nice, but they maybe could have done it in a slightly more interesting way. Um, but yeah, the trials for the game, or the for the main plot, are basically there's one where you have to um, track down some like really fast slow pokes. I think there's three of them, and you have to like chase them down on your bike. Uh, there's another. I honestly forget the second one, but it's something similar to that. And then the third trial is um, uh, defeating. It's just like a, a regular battle. So, the, in terms of plot, pretty disappointing. Um, although. Maybe I shouldn't have been surprised with the plot of the main game. Um, but the area is cool. It introduces lots of new Pokemon. I really like Cubfu. Doing you know doing all this stuff with him was nice. Um, 
But yeah, Isle of, Ar Isle of Armor was like decent. If that's all we got, I'd probably be pretty disappointed. Um, but the Crown Tundra was quite good, actually. Oh. I really like that one. Um, again, the plot that's that there's not a ton of plot there, but what was there I found a lot more enjoyable. It's so uh, again, this is this whole other new area that's sort of uh, stapled on to the to the the main map. And same thing as the Isle of Armor. It's its own whole wild area. Um, and it's the plot is mostly centers around um, catching legendary Pokemon. So you do some stuff to catch Calyrex, um, and then once you've got him, you work with this new character to track down some legendaries from like uh, Gen Five and the new um, uh, Galarian forms of the Gen One legendary birds. Um, and it's it's a lot of stuff around legendary Pokemon, which was kind of cool. Um, there's not there's not a whole lot of story. It only takes a few hours to get through. Uh, but the area in this one, I gotta say, is actually really interesting um maybe i just like icy mountain uh type terrains a lot more than the than the kind of island theme um but i thought it was actually a, a really interesting really interesting area um and i like some of the side stuff that they put that they put into it um like the way to catch legendaries from other games called dynamax adventures it's sort of like a a raid battle dungeon um sort of thing that you can play with real people or just go through with yourself on computers um, that was actually pretty fun. Um, so yeah, I, I've, I've enjoyed Crown Tundra. Um, and then one, once I, I beat both of those, I've gone down my normal rabbit hole of completing the Pokedex and getting onto shiny hunting and stuff like that. Um, so not much, a whole lot to talk about about that, but I, I caught a, I hatched a shiny rabbit yesterday, so that was fun. Hey! Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, I, I've just done my, it seems to be a Christmas tradition now. I just go super ham on, uh. On Pokemon, even if I've beaten all the games and all I do is uh, breed and shiny hunt, but you know, great thing to do while I watch TV in the background or something like that. So, uh, yeah, I enjoyed I enjoyed the Sword and Shield DLCs. Um, definitely not amazing, but um, good enough that I, you know, I don't I don't regret buying them at all. Certainly, um, and they were it has me interested for what is going to come next with Pokemon. I think Crown Tundra especially was sort of leading into some interesting things that I hope to see in some of the future games. Yeah, like, they didn't have the balls to do everywhere a wild area in the original game, so they were just like, okay, it was clearly the best part of the game, you know, when we did do it, so let's make a full DLC of it, see if it even works, that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, and I and I thought it, it, it functioned pretty well. I, they're really, you know, I mean, they're not as as maybe up-to-date as some other games might be in terms of, like, you know, pathing, you definitely run into some invisible walls sometimes because the, the game won't let you, like, drop down this one-inch ledge uh, and things like that. Um, you know, they, they, they've definitely got some, some learning to do as a developer, but, um, you know, ov overall, I think it was it was a really... Uh, it, was a, it was a good step, for sure. Well, that's good. Yeah, that's uh, kind of a relief to hear. Uh, Adam, let's just keep moving. Adam, what's, what's next on your done-played list? Uh, what else have I played? Oh, I bought a uh, I bought a little indie game called on early access called I think it's called Nova Force. Wow, did you actually say that seriously? <laughs> We've said that <laughs> game so many times. Ironically, this little indie game called The Last of Us Part Two. Yeah, you've no, I said it, it seriously. I, I, it, <laughs> it actually is a real indie game. Uh, Nova Drift. That's what it's called. 
Nova Drift. Okay. I had to I had to alt tab out to uh, <laughs> to Steam, because yeah, because you bought me Ori and the Will of the Wisp for Christmas, but until I get a controller that actually fucking works, I can't play it. Ah. Um. So that really does that doesn't count. Although very first impressions were of that were were good. It was basically more of the same of the first one. And then I've also and then I played a bit of Spirit Fairer, but again, not enough to really comment. Um, most and also I don't really want to comment because I want you to play it without my having said anything. I have a friend who like just had a Switch, wanted to sell it, and then she decided not to, and so she asked me what to get. And we were kind of talking about stuff, and like she described, really the only games that she had played were like Lego games. So she was like, "What's kind of a, a not too intense action adventure?" Yeah. And then I was like, it's Breath of the Wild. That's the right answer. When you have a Switch, you need to play the Nintendo masterpiece that is Breath of the Wild. Like, everything they want to do, they did. It changed like, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I think the, the barrier eventually was still just a little bit high on something like that. But I mentioned, I'm like, I don't know. My brother got this game Spiritfarer. And she was like, oh, check it out. And, it, you know, obviously it's a lot cheaper. It's like 30 bucks as opposed to 80 because Breath of the Wild is still full price almost six years later. And, uh, damn, the time flies. Holy shit. Yeah. And she said it's her favorite game that she's ever played. It's pretty great. So it is. It's pretty good. But no, uh, the thing. Yeah, the thing I bought. I haven't played too much of it. But Nova Drift is. It's real interesting. It's an. It's a good sort of like Zen game where it's like I don't want to. I don't want to think about story or complexity. I just. I just want to sit down and do. Like I just want a primary gameplay loop that's good, and it is. And it's. It's this little space game. Uh, where you're this tiny spaceship and it's it's kind of like asteroids although you know obviously more modern where you just have ships coming in from all sides and and asteroids flying in and you have to shoot them and dodge the attacks and it's it's pretty simplistic but it's a good time it's very very pretty and the the style they've gone for is that there are like hundreds of varieties of ways to upgrade your ship and you only get to see them a bunch at a time. So basically, in sort of roguelike fashion, every run is different because you'll get different choices and you'll choose different upgrades. And so the, the hmm. ship that you build on any given mission is uh, is quite a bit different from the last one. And you get upgrades fast enough that it, you never feel like, oh, God, now I'm stuck with this. Um, so, yeah, it's 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 not, you know, it's not going to win any awards. But uh, as a as a sort of casual time killer, it uh, it might replace Race the Sun for me at least. Oh wow, that's good. That's good to well, I mean, Race the Sun. I know exactly how highly you respect that game, so that's yeah. wonderful to hear. I'll keep moving on then. So I'm going to do a double whammy, um, and I'm going to talk about uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales and Spider-Man Remastered because I play both of them. Ooh. Uh, I'm excited to hear. Yes, so my I think I I think the combination was like, uh, it, I think the combination is ninety dollars. I think which is also the price of like a regular game, and that gets you Miles Morales. It also gets you Spider Man Remastered. Spider Man is not a game that if you buy it like Valhalla, you get a free PlayStation Five upgrade. But I think that might also be because it's the most significant PlayStation Five upgrade that I've seen so far. Um. But yeah, I'll, I'll start off with, I guess, Spider-Man Remastered because Miles Morales is more new. It's the same game, uh, but the game's fucking great. 
<laughs> and with like all the ray tracing and like an I don't know. Some people are like, you need to play the combat on sixty frames per second. I played on I think friendly neighborhood, like whatever the second most easy difficulty was, I played it on there. I know the combat. The combat's fine. It was my favorite part of that game. I loved the story, and so I just wanted to blaze through it and kind of feel those story feelings again and also see what I thought of the new Peter because I like the original Peter model so much. New Peter's fine. Uh, he kind of he did kind of replace the old Peter in my head. I don't agree that like the old Peter didn't look so terrible. They had to change it, but whatever. They felt they did. Sure. Um but yeah, so Spider-Man Remastered, if you just want a reason to revisit Spider-Man, I think it's 20 bucks to buy it on its own, and I got about $20 worth of, you know, entertainment from it. That's, you know, don't eat out once a week in that Spider-Man Remastered. There you go. Make rice and beans, and then you can have four Spider-Man Remastered. Yeah. But uh, the thing that I, I, I noticed, huge spoilers for Spider-Man 2018 coming up. The thing that I noticed now, that I didn't notice then, and honestly, this is a weird analogy, I think it's... Um, it's kind of stems from me watching Hamilton so many times where now I'm kind of noticing themes that writers put in like a callbacks that I might not have known previously, uh, which is because I've just analyzed the living shit of Hamilton, but I didn't notice the original time that I played. It. I think it's the third time I played it. I didn't notice the original time that you go from you knew with Dr. Octavius to you knew with Aunt May very quickly. And uh, like the, those are the two kind of senior people in Peter's life. Those are his two mentor figures. You know, the one has his heart, the other one has his brains. And by the way, I adore every change they made from the comics in this game. This is my favorite version of Otto Octavius, even more than Spider-Man two, the movie, which is also like, I That's adore that version. But this version is, it's so good. It's, and like creating the arms because he has ALS and he doesn't want his powerful brain to be trapped in his shit body. What an unbelievable, unbelievably compelling, like, backstory. It turns him into a tragic character, which I've never seen Otto Octavius as a tragic character, except kind of in the movie, which in and of itself was a change up from what I associate with the, anyway, that's, that's all separate. But to go from, the incredibly anger and betrayal of Otto say, of saying you knew you knew to Otto because he knew that he was Spider-Man the entire time. So every time he tried to kill him, he knew that he was killing Peter and he didn't care. And the betrayal that that Peter feels to switch that up to hear Aunt May know that he was Spider-Man. He says, "You knew to Aunt May," as in. I knew you were Spider-Man and I didn't mention it because I knew this is what you were meant to do and you were doing the right thing and I, I wasn't going to stand in your way. I just wanted you to flourish and you seem like you were doing okay. I was just here to support you. And it makes it seem like knowing that she probably knows he's Spider-Man the entire game makes everything she does for him. I mean, she's his aunt. She's going to care for him. But like the time that she lets him, he loses his apartment. So she lets him crash on the couch and she like forces him to take some money, yeah. you know, and it's not just because he's a struggling student. She knows that he's breaking his back to save people on a daily basis. And if, if he saves everybody and she's only responsible for saving one person, that's enough. And I kind of, I didn't yeah. get any of that <laughs> oh, the first she's time. only responsible for saving one person and it's him. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Like, but, it, but it hit him in such a, I don't like that. I think the phrase hit different. Yeah, is is used too mm-hmm. much, but I didn't get any of that the first time. It was like two separate experiences in my head. They weren't connected, and then when I watched yeah. it this time, it was like the veil was removed, and suddenly 
the two finales were 100% connected and it was that much more impactful. So, as far as the gameplay goes, the same fucking game. <laughs> but it's good. And as for Miles Morales, like, there's a kind of a convenient way to get Peter out of the, the story. He goes on vacation. Uh, Miles has, I think it was just kind of more of, of Spider-Man 2018. And I say that in a positive way because I replayed the DLC too. Not nearly as good. So this, the quality of Miles Morales is up there with the quality of the original game. Uh, there are a bunch of new characters. They're very, you know, some of them are a little bit too helpful. You know, like they seem kind of like more like video game NPCs than real people sometimes, if you know what yeah. I mean. Um, mm-hmm. But the story with the villain is very compelling. The story just in general is very compelling. They found a way to get Troy motherfucking Baker in Spider-Man playing a character because uh, that was the one franchise that he wasn't in yet and he had to fix it, right? <laughs> Got to be in everything. Yeah. Uh, the fucker. But yeah, like uh, Miles has new powers. He can turn invisible. He has the Venom power, so it does change up your combos a little bit. He's also going up against new enemies that counter those powers. But in the end, if you love Spider-Man 20, uh, 2018, you're going to love Miles Morales because it's more of the same. And also, like, I fucking adore Miles now. It's crazy to think that not that long ago. I'm not a huge comic book reader. I was aware of him, but apparently he wasn't that popular in the comics. And now, like, what incredible, what an incredible introduction to the world this character has between mm-hmm. maybe the best Spider-Man movie, if not maybe the best superhero movie of all time, like, as a complete one unit into the Spider-Verse. Phenomenal. Yeah. And then this outstanding game. It's, it's very exciting to me that this game sees Peter at, like, neck and neck with Miles. They treat each other as equals, which I, I found really refreshing as well. And, uh, yeah, I just kind of... Similar to what I've talked about with with both Kratos and Jin, I just kind of enjoyed being around Miles. I see why his uh, his voice actor was nominated for Performance of the Year, for sure. Man, I'm really looking forward to checking it out. I was so excited, even though you know, pretty much just turned out to be more or less a reskin of the original game. I was so excited when they announced the Miles Morales because I love playing that character so much. I mean, his sections in the in the in the first game were like okay. Um, but I'm really excited to actually play with him as Spider-Man. I remember there was a point um, in the first game when there's uh, like the terrorist attack and it looks uh, and like Peter's been injured and I remember there's like a big explosion they go back like Peter's hurt really bad and then it sort of fades out and then like uh, fades in on Miles Morales and that's your first Miles section and I just I remember I paused it I put it down I'm like holy shit are they going to kill Peter and I'm going to play the rest of the game as Miles? Like, it didn't end up happening that mm-hmm. way, but I was, I mean, I was excited both because that would have been an extremely bold decision to make uh, yes. in, you know, in that kind of game. Um, but also, I was, like, just really looking forward to playing as Miles. Um, so, yeah, I, Spider-Man Miles Morales is up there um, pro- with... One probably one underneath Demon Souls for like reasons I'm excited to get a PS5. Yes, and uh, I think we'll we'll have time to do one more round around the table, and uh, you can bet what I'm going to talk about <laughs> in that last round. So uh, Matt, do you have a Souls. third game to talk about? Um, not really. Honestly, I've been going pretty hard on Pokemon. <laughs> Fair um, enough. I uh, yeah, I, I played a little bit of um, Assassin's Creed Black Flag. Uh, the other day, you know, just for an hour or two, just like 
going back to my normal thing of not actually progressing the story at all, just sailing around and, uh, you know, wailing and singing sea shanties and getting into fights with people that I have no business getting into fights with. Um, you know. As but, you do. Uh, yeah, honestly, not, not, anything, not anything new. Just been doing a lot of Pokemon and then God of War. Fair, because I had a couple more games to talk about really quick. So if Adam, uh, I'll get you, and then I'm going to sneak in two in Matt's time. <laughs> Adam, what else have you been playing? Uh, well, I think last time we talked, I talked about how I tried Curse the Dead Gods out. So I don't really need to go over that again, because I haven't really touched it since. But no, the, the big thing I've been playing a lot of, and, and part of it is sort of an as-you-know, is Minecraft, which I've gotten uh-huh. right back into. Um, and part of that's... It's crazy! Yeah, yeah Minecraft is... Yeah. Like, I, I at, at some point I was like, and I'm not trying to cut you off intentionally, but at some point... It was like it's the most popular game in the world and had a total resurgence this past couple years. And I was like, that's just because it's like an easy game to stream and stuff like that. But like, no, the game has dramatically changed. Yes, it has. And uh, it's it's way more. I mean, there were some bugs certainly trying to get everyone in, as Matt knows. But um, the idea of like playing with 10 different people, one of which could be on mobile, two of which are on Switch. And then we have someone on PS5 and like four people on PC, like just that concept. I've never seen the video game before. And it's really impressive. Oh yeah, that's what I played that was new. I played <laughs> Minecraft. Yeah. yeah. For the first time. For the somehow. first time ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man, and <laughs> I had a I had a stupid moment like 15 20 minutes into playing for the first time. I'm like, man, this game's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, no shit. <laughs> like, you know, it's uh not really letting the cat out of the bag on that one, guys. Minecraft is fun. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> Who could have seen that coming? Only yeah. everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've been having a great time so far. Yeah. Okay. Adam, did you, was there anything you wanted to say about Minecraft? Just, uh, no, it's, just it's great. Other than that, though? It, it's so goddamn good. <laughs> and the Perfect. fact that all the updates are free, right? Like, you buy the game, yeah. and you have the game, and all the updates are free. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, there's, don't get me wrong, there's plenty of ways that Minecraft can, like, reach into your wallet, obviously, but, uh, yeah, the fact that that's all free, like, the other day, I've mentioned it several times on air, watching Achievement Hunter play a game where, like, ghosts hid in a facility away from, like, ghost hunters. It's yeah. called Prop Hunt, uh, and you can play it in yeah. Minecraft for free, like, from the main menu. You could just hop into a bunch of different worlds. One of the worlds that I hopped into, just for shits and giggles, had a game of Prop Hunt going, and I played that game for, like, 20 minutes the other day. Like, I never thought in my life that I would get to play that because I thought it was, like, in the Valve toolbox or whatever, and everyone needs to have it. I'm like, uh, or Gary's Mod is what it's called, right? Yeah. And everyone needs to have it, and it's just never going to happen, even though it looks like it's so much fun. It is so much fun, and I got to play it for free along with Minecraft, which, like, everyone seems to be addicted to now. Yeah, it's it's just great. It's uh, there's a, I, I got a lot of complaints about the way that, that certain... Uh, I got I got a lot of complaints about certain things about Minecraft, but as a, an experience, it's it's hard to beat this many updates over this long for no money. Yeah, mm-hmm. agreed. So I'm going to steal your time and talk about a few different things. First of all, uh, I think we mentioned it a little bit last week. Matt and I have been playing a ton of Overcooked. Also, I got the Overcooked remaster for PS5. That is uh, very good if you've never played Overcooked and need something cooperative to play. In uh in in quarantine, Overcooked is great. I saw people online lamenting the death of couch co-op, especially with the new or sorry with the de- lamenting the death of of split screen. Yeah. Especially with the new 
consoles. And don't get me wrong, I love split screen, but like I think that we're seeing a ton of these kind of games that we might not have seen. And split screen, the reason it's dead, if people don't know, is because like it's they're working so hard to render the game once, and these games are so big, uh, they couldn't possibly render it twice. That's why split screen is dead. Well, and also uh, you because have to have an ugly fucking game. Split screen was designed for TVs that were square. Exactly. Yeah. But the I'm seeing a, a huge rise in games that are A, you can have them on different consoles, kind of like a Minecraft, or they're going to be like there's a huge, I would say, not necessarily resurgence, but a huge growth of these type of games like an Overcooked that are like these uh, clever co-op games to play at home. And then asynchronous games on one screen. I think we're like Spirit Fair has a co-op mode. I called it Little Brother mode, where you get to play as a cat if you have a second person. Really? Um, I think that yeah, yeah, you can totally play as your cat. I don't know what you could do, but I know it's possible. So I think that split screen might be going out the door, but in its place, we're going to see more creative ways to use multiplayer on one screen. So couch co-op is not going out the door, which is exciting. That's good. Anyway, Overcooked is very good. Adam bought me a Metal Gear Solid Five: The Phantom Pain for Christmas. Uh, it's several years old. I played it a little bit on PS4, didn't finish it. I think I've officially eclipsed where I was on PS4 and now on PC. I'll be honest, I used the cheat engine to catch up to where I was before. Uh, so it's both a review for Metal Gear Solid 5 and a review for cheat engines. But that game is fun as hell. Like, similar to, this is a weird one, similar to Minecraft, it's so fucking open that, like, if I wanted to sit down and have a guided experience, like with uh, Spider-Man, if you're the type of person who needs that, you'll hate this game. But in terms of I have four hours to kill while it's a slow day at work, uh, hopefully my boss doesn't listen to this. It's a slow day at work. I have four <laughs> hours to kill in between doing things. I'll just spend like four hours slowly wandering and clearing out camps in sub-Saharan Africa in Metal Gear Solid. Uh, it it's kind of bizarre, but it's it's very open. It kind of allows the own creativity to to come forward, and I've been having a ton of fun with that. Uh, I just one second. I swear to God, I'm going to talk about Demon Souls. Um, but we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about Cyberpunk. Oh yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So I own it. Uh, own it for PS4. Uh, hmm. Which is, uh, if you're online and you're in the video game sphere, unless we're literally the only podcast you listen to, you know exactly what's going on with Cyberpunk. The prob- one yeah. of the most disastrous launches in recent years. Uh, it's going back to No Man's Sky, basically unplayable on current or rather last-gen consoles. Uh, I do have it on PS4 because I know it's free to upgrade to PS5. Uh, and I haven't touched it because, and this is going to make me seem like such a for lack of a better word, simp for CD Projekt Red. I have... I the I, Obviously, my confidence in the company has been rocked by this. I'm a big fanboy. I think a lot of people are. But given what I saw what they did with The Witcher, to me, the timeline of the publishers and the stakeholders were like, release this fucking game for Christmas. I don't care what state it's in. And then the company was just like, I guess we're releasing this game. Hopefully, they don't mind. And we mind. We minded. <laughs> we minded big hard. Uh, it's been a while since the internet has minded so much about yeah. something. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's a lot of people who I think are going to get on the bandwagon of, I'm never going to buy from this company again. You'd be totally fair to do that. I, however, am extremely confident that they're going to patch the living shit out of this in order to try and repair their reputation. And that's similar to No Man's Sky in, you know, six months to a year's time. 
this game is going to be better than what was promised because they're going to be doing so much work to try and catch up for all the negative press they received. So one of the things that they did was like, they just said, if you want a refund, we'll just give you a refund. Like no matter what, like a uh, PlayStation and Xbox, each have their own refund rules. Yeah. And CD project Red was like, no, just doesn't matter if you've played 60 hours, if you hate the game, give, you it, can back. give it back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, and, but even with even with that, they had one of like the hugest launches of all time, which is pretty crazy. So, haven't touched the game. Am aware of the controversy. Trust me. But I, I am going to. I have absolute confidence that at one point in the future, it will be in an, in a remarkable state. And I'm just going to kind of hang back. So the first time I play it, I can be like, "Wow, look at all this! It works so well." <laughs> Rather than be disappointed and then have to find the courage to go back to it and do it again so that's where i'm at with that game uh demon souls fuck that game is good <laughs> uh so if if i questioned whether it was my favorite of the soul series before there's no question now and uh, this was all playing it basically by myself i did what i've never done in a souls game before um because the demon souls online is a fucking shit show it feels like there are like in most souls games it feels like there's more people who are looking to be summoned than invading. Like you never have a hard time being summoned or summoning. Sometimes you get invaded. That's how it felt like it was. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have had the same experience in this one. It feels like it's 60% invaders, 40% summons. Like I'll have a hard time getting summoned, but if I'm in my body, I have 100% confidence that I will be invaded over the course of the level, if not relatively soon. So I basically did, Demon Souls in a game I've never done a Souls game before. I played it entire, almost entirely in my soul form, without help. Wow. Which for a lot of that game I had literally never done before. So it was a dramatically different experience because I'd always had someone to help me with Flame Lurker. I'd always had someone to help me with uh, Man Eater, you know, stuff like that. This time, nope. I had to solo Flame Lurker. I had to solo Man Eater. Had to do that kind of stuff, and uh, the game is it's. Even playing it like that, the co-op in this game is so fucking good. But the game is so strong on its own and so gorgeous. The best looking game I've ever seen by far. But the game in the atmosphere, which I think is the thing that really appeals to all of us, right? Yes. The atmosphere of that game is so strong that it is both the most arcadey Souls game because you can warp around and like you have significantly more healing items than any other game so you could play it arcadey if you wanted to but if you wanted to go it through it slowly and methodically like it was a more survival horror it also suits that too because the level design and the world design is so strong and i got more of this i thought i knew demon souls story i had no fucking idea what the story of demon souls was before now so like things like for example in the uh why the hell? I always thought that there were some stupid things. Why the hell is Dragon God stuck in a cave? What type of stupid dragon gets stuck in a volcano? Well, they just found like the old, basically a dragon fossil, and the people in uh, World 2 worshipped it, essentially, and they mined it, and that's how they got Dragonstone, and they used that, but they thought, oh boy, what if it one day comes to life? Like, we better trap it down there. And they had their uh, those ballistas that are pointing at it are specifically because they were paranoid that magic might bring it back to life. Well, guess what? Magic brought it back to life and basically killed everybody. Um, but that's why the dragon got stuck in the cave. I didn't know that. 
I thought it was like a real dragon, but it was essentially just like their fears materialized that brought the dragon back to life. Similarly, in World 4, those are all just myths. The Adjudicator is like the Anubis of the Demon Souls world, where there was just a story where he would weigh you, and uh, if you were deemed worthy to go on to the afterlife, you got to go on. Well, he just came to life, and it's similar with the old hero in the... the uh, what's it called the Lord of Storms or whatever. And oh my God, that fight looks incredible. Oh yeah. I, I'm, I've so not looked good. forward to anything else as much as that fight. Mm-hmm. But the thing that blew my mind the most story wise for demon souls was that like made in Australia. I always loved in demon souls, like the kind of spoilers for demon souls, I guess the kind of mind blow. Can you spoil a game if you don't figure it out when you're playing? It? <laughs> <laughs> Cause like you could beat the game and have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about until I tell you. Um, I always liked the kind of twist that it's implied that she was a good person. You've been absorbing demons the entire time. So maybe you're not the good guy that you thought you were when you kill her. I kind of liked that little twist because yeah. it was very like almost Bioshock infinite where the fact that you were playing a game was used against you, you know? Yeah. But playing through it this time and then, you know, reading more item descriptions and looking some stuff up online and realizing that, she gains her powers because she's taking the souls from everybody in the area. But the reason she's doing that is because she knows their life is so miserable that she's stealing their souls. Now, that doesn't kill them because the very first piece of exposition you hear in Demon Souls is that people got souls and with that clarity. A soul does not equal life. It equals clarity. It equals sentience. Yes. So out of mercy... For all the people in the Valley of Defilement, she takes their clarity and turns them into these mindless beasts because life is so fucking terrible that ignorance would be better. And so she takes their evil onto her, and that's what makes her the saint of the defiled. And I was like, holy shit, that's crazy. And then you killed her. Uh, And then I killed her. (laughs) Yeah, and like I was doing, part of the reason I was in Soulform was because it was such a careful run that I wanted to make sure I got all the positive white world tendency and black world tendency. The only place I fucked up is that uh, Black Phantom Garl Vinland is the only black phantom that appears in pure white world tendency. So I popped in. I saw him in my body. He killed me. That ruined my world tendency. And the only way to get it back up at this point is to kill invaders because world tendency is such a fucking nightmare in that game. Uh... But yeah, I basically played Demon Souls incredibly slowly, incredibly methodically, and almost entirely by myself, and enjoyed the ever-loving shit out of it. And I can't wait to get a completely different experience when I play it with, uh, well, probably you guys, because I don't think that the online community is going to get any better anytime soon. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, Demon Souls, incredibly hyped, lived up to every expectation, unlike Cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> I gotta tell you, as somebody who uh, I, I I took a certain amount of satisfaction from the cyberpunk shit show. You had the Schadenfreude or whatever. Yeah, it was. It was. Oh man, it was. It was. It was pretty great. Cause it's just like it is kind of fun to to watch a tire fire that you're not involved in. Yeah, yeah. You're not even if you don't in. want it to be happening. <laughs> it is entertaining. That's how I felt about Bethesda for the last few years. So it's only fair that it happened to someone that I love. But yeah, <laughs> uh, it was interesting though. Just kind of as a final note, if you're, uh, if you have Twitter, you can check out the CD Project Red, one of the co-founders. 
went on Twitter and made basically an apology statement. Uh, and he basically said he took full responsibility and they were going to commit to fixing the game, adding a ton of free DLC to it, which was already their plan, but they're going to continue with it. And uh, they're going to do it all. He committed to doing it without crunch. So uh, hopefully they learn their lesson. Obviously, probably not. But uh, that's the situation. You can kind of go watch the video and then see if that changes your opinion whatsoever at that point. It probably won't. All right. It's been an hour. I think that's a pretty good amount. So... Uh, with that, uh, you can find us on uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever else you get your podcasts, including Spotify. We are in Spotify in the year 2021. It's fantastic. Um, so wherever you're finding us now, there's going to be more places to find us, including some places I've never really even heard of, like Podbean. That's an option. And uh, and I think Stitcher. Stitcher I, one? I have no idea what either of those are. Perfect. We're there. You don't even need to worry about it. You can find us there. Uh, you I can, use CastBox, and I find us on there. So there you, you can go. find us on CastBox. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash gameoverumfm. Uh, we post there occasionally, obviously not as much as we uh, sometimes want to, but we still have that in the back of my brain. I still have a revamp for this channel coming up, and I would like to bold claim. I'm going to throw this out on air, throw the gauntlet down so we can make it work. I would like to have a TV Talkers revival. Not a not a regular thing because the TV Talkers is of course in limbo, but if you if you found us from TV Talkers, I want to get the TV Talkers crew for one episode cuz I need somewhere to talk about the Mandalorian with, man. That show. <laughs> oh man. Wow. So stay tuned. It's going to be on this channel. TV Talkers doesn't have their specific uh, podcasting area. So if you're uh, listening to us out of courtesy, even though you don't like video games, how you made it an hour into this, uh, I'll never know. But I respect the hell out of you. Um, but stay tuned here. We're going to see. I would very much like to talk about a few different shows because it was actually a pretty solid year in the last year. WandaVision just came out. The Mandalorian obviously just came out. Everyone was obsessed with uh, The Queen's Gambit. For a while there, yep. uh, like there's so many things that you could do a great TV Talkers episode about because it seemed like every two weeks to a month in 2020, there was a new craze. Tiger King. Oh, my God. <laughs> so many different things. Um, so stay tuned to this channel. It's not just going to be video games. It's going to be expanding it soon. But in the meantime, everyone have a great week. Have a safe week. And we will see you next time. Bye-bye.